Hey, this is Mix of Zombies with my last Pax East interview. I did it. I got these all out before E3, which was uh, that's three months late on this last interview, and I really apologize for that. My new job has been taking more time for me than I like to admit, and that's fine. But, uh, yeah, after this interview, which I'm going to be talking about in a second, Mixed Up Zombies interviews are just going to be taking a hiatus. There's just a lot of stuff I want to get back to in videos and otherwise. And while I did have some interest in doing other interviews, those have, uh, for right now, fallen through. So, f so for an indeterminate amount of time, I'm taking a break from doing interviews. So they could be next week, probably not, uh, or they could be three months from now, who knows. But for right now, I'm putting a stop to this. And now to the actual interview, and not me, just talking about me, I interviewed Zach Johnson of Asymmetric Games about West of Loathing. Uh, it was it was really a nice thing to interview Zach because you know I really have enjoyed Video Games Hot Dog, the podcast that he does with his crew and uh, Jim Crawford of Frog Fractions fame. And also, I gotta talk about a video game that I actually think I might play because Kingdoms of Loathing was that thing that everyone talked about but seemed a little hard to get into uh, back in 2005, 2008. And it this game just looks great and seems uh, just like a, you know, like a really good adventure game slash Paper Mario game and we talk about that and just get into influences of storytelling and the such and I've, I really liked how this interview turned out and I'm excited for when West of Loving uh, does come out which uh, by the time you hear this probably couldn't isn't that far away so uh, yeah and without any further ado here's the interview. I'm joined with one last interview at PAX East with Zach Johnson from Asymmetric and we're looking at West of Loathing. Could you tell us about West of Loathing and also how it in any way relates to Kingdom of Loathing? Yeah, so Kingdom of Loathing is our, uh, our very old, uh, dating from 2003, browser-based MMO. Uh, it's still running, still has a lot of people playing it, and we're still developing content for it all the time. But West of Loathing is a standalone, single-player follow-up game to it. Uh, looks much more like a modern game, and it's uh, about stick-figure cowboys. So w w why, why Western? You know, I always wanted there to be more RPGs that took place in a Western setting because I feel like it's got a lot of things in common with the typical medieval European setting in terms of like the level of technology being pretty comprehensible and you don't have to explain to the player what things are because all of the objects are pretty straightforward and it doesn't have that sci-fi problem where you have to define what all the what all the stuff is in the world to to create a comprehensible setting and you know it's there's it, there's a lot of mythologizing about the west there's a lot of just sort of good versus evil tropes and so i've always felt that it kind of lent itself pretty well to an rpg so are you a big law of the west fan or 
No, you know what? I don't actually consume a lot of Western media. It's just okay, thing that it's I, just, like, it's yeah, just something just, you just wanted to do. You know, there's do. a few things here and there. I mean, I really like Deadwood. I really like the the, the new uh, the Coen Brothers True Grit reboot. Yes. was really good. But I'm not like a Western super fan. I just I kind of thought it'd be a fun thing to explore. And you know, we're we're such a silly tone thing that yeah. it was uh, it was easy to kind of put our own spin on it. So uh, Kingdom of Loathing is more of a. Sorry, I have not actually played it. It's more of a top-down game, if I'm not mistaken. It's really just illustrated text. It, yeah. play, it plays a lot more like an Oregon Trail than anything else. There's, it, there's some choose-your-own-adventure elements to it, and then a lot of like sort of clicking on things to make different numbers get bigger. Yeah, and, but this is more of a point-and-click with a battle Yeah, I, what we're shooting for is like Paper Mario uh-huh. level of, of interaction and, and system stuff. So it's uh, it, it, it looks on the outside like a, like a King's Quest-style point-and-click adventure, yeah. but uh, especially once you get out of the prologue that we're demoing here, there's a lot sort of more crunchy RPG stuff going on. So you definitely have put a lot of effort in making this still follow the loving style, but upping, you know, the uh, yeah, the production va- the production values and yeah. polish are much uh, are much higher than, uh, than was the, that the a struggle to keep it at a certain level, or was it fairly Honestly, easy? Honestly, we got really lucky, I think. Um, I, I wasn't sure at all if the art style was going to translate to 3D, and it just did right yeah. away. And so I was like, well, okay, I guess that's going to work. And then I wasn't sure if we were going to be able to convincingly animate it, but Wes, our animator, has just done a phenomenal job of bringing these things to life in a way that uh, KOL fans tell us is exactly the way they would expect these yeah. things to move around if they were doing it. So... so uh how large is the game having just played the prologue roughly? So the prologue is maybe a dozen rooms, yeah. uh, so, you know, some of which aren't really rooms, outdoor outdoor areas, like spaces to be in. And the, the game now is around 260, including that, so it's pretty big. Um, they're not, you know, some of them are less yeah. detailed than others, some of them are just transitions between different areas or whatever, yeah. but it's very big. Uh, it's yeah, Given that we have three months now before it comes out, it's looking even bigger when I look at all the things that we still have to finish. And uh, my only other, one of my other questions actually is, um, so at the end of the demo, I unlocked uh, Partners. Uh, how does that translate? Is it just another character that's in your uh, yeah, RPG you, you combat? Get, you get sort of one. Uh, you get one party member. They follow you around, uh, so they're in. Whenever you go to a new area, they'll be standing there. Okay. And they will always have something to say about wherever you are. And okay. They have little quest lines associated with them, and they are there with you in combat. So that's sort of their so very much purpose. like Paper Mario. Yeah, and they also. Um, rather than you having like a quest journal you just sort of talk to them and they give you reminders about what you're yeah. supposed to be doing or any any kind of loose ends that you have hanging on so they, they form a they, they, they serve a really important set of roles in the game that they just don't really come up in the demo because it's again the demo is the prologue of the game which is also secretly the tutorial like we're yeah. trying to avoid tutorializing at all yeah and I think we've done an okay job of sort of easing easing people into the mechanics yeah. of the game via the via the prologue Definitely. So, um, there are are there going to be three still in the main game uh, classes? Uh, yeah, there. Those are just the three. Yeah. There okay. Are, can you explain the cow thing at all? Yeah. The idea is, and we try not to over-explain this. Sure. You know, we're we're more about sort of like uh, one-liner jokes than we are like yeah. tomes of, of lore because nobody, you know, I, I I know that some people read those, but none of us do. So yeah. we, we don't want to throw that kind of thing in front of people. But basically, the idea is that. 
the, the, the history of the American West happened more or less as it was until a few years before the opening of this game, at which point all of the cows in the West were sort of possessed by demons or turned into demons, or it's not, it's not entirely sure. And the, the player sort of uncovers a little bit of that as the, as the thing goes on. But I guess the idea was just basically to have some sort of, like, obviously supernatural but thematically appropriate enemy that you could always kind of run into as cannon fodder. Uh, and cows are funny. Yeah. And so, yeah, at some point, it's just kind of building what the RPGs have, but just getting the easiest. So you have meat as your main currency, correct? Yeah, yeah and that's just a holdover from Kingdom of Loathing. So, yeah, well, does it feel uh, like, do you feel a relief of being able, did you start to get... Um, stuck in a certain system of Kingdom of Loathing? How was the writing process, if you don't well, mind me the, asking? You know, the writing process is actually more or less exactly the same, and that's never been the thing that we've struggled with with Kingdom yeah. of Loathing. Like, we, we're always trying to make each other laugh, and almost, because of the tone of the game, almost anything that we think is funny can make it in there. Uh, Systems-wise, it's really nice to have been working on something that isn't constrained by code that I wrote in 2003. Yeah. That people have, because there are so many people who care so much about Kingdom of Loathing, it's very difficult to make fundamental changes changes to systems even if we think that they're bad at this point in hindsight so yeah it's been really nice to be able to start over mechanically but but work in the same tone uh, and it's been it's been a fun opportunity to like see what this stuff would look like with a sort of higher fidelity and higher production values yeah. and animation and stuff it's like it's it's really it's exciting to me to see these things moving around on screen yeah definitely I've just been looking at them for so long in their old yeah. original 100 by 100 pixel form that uh, that it's cool to see what we've done yeah so I uh, is there, is there any um, other than uh, for the character types? Is there any variation on story, or is it just mainly combat? Oh, there's a, it's you can play through the entire thing and uh, and not ever have a fight if you want to. Like we make we make fights completely avoidable. You can get out of town with a horse without ever fighting anything if you if you just opt out of all the fights. Um, okay. You don't get to see everything. I mean, there's definitely some like combat specific content and rewards, but those rewards mostly just feed back into making other combats easier. There's uh you you have like speech skills that you yeah. can use to like intimidate or bluff your way out of stuff, and we're we're really trying hard to support a playthrough that doesn't involve any combat or any like really significant engagement with the RPG systems if people want to just treat it like an adventure game. So there's not going to be any grinding. It's not, like, uh, it's easy to look at KOL and think of it as a a sort of just grindy RPG, but if you you know what you're doing when you're playing it, there's not really very much grinding to just make numbers higher. Like, there's there's a lot more going on there underneath the surface, and there's a lot of tricks that you can do to, to avoid the repetition in it, and we're definitely trying to maintain that spirit in this game and it's not uh, yeah it's not just a combat slog it's the the, the fights are more set piece uh, and hopefully we we're, we're trying to make them more mechanically interesting than typical JRPG stuff so how long have you been working on this uh, game this a little, was a little over two years okay and our you're planning to come out sometime this year yeah yeah uh, uh, about three months from now so like late June-ish uh, on Steam for Windows Mac and Linux and then on iOS tablets a month or two after that okay and are you uh, have any interest in consoles or is that just a pipe dream at this point no we'll see um, there's nothing about the UI that like I'm writing everything with uh, with a controller in mind so if it, it, this is one of those nice-to-haves. Like, if we get late enough in the development process and there's programming resources, yeah. I want to try to support controllers on the PC. Um, 
But yeah, we're definitely not averse to it. It's it's just a matter of seeing whether a lot of it will depend on how it sells. To yeah. be honest, like if we if we have the resources to grow at porting it, then sure, I'd I'd, I'd be willing to give now, it a shot. Is your engine? Uh, uh, Self-main? No, it's uh, it, it's in Unity. Okay, so you're um, using 2D or no? no. It's, it's 3D. Okay. Yeah, it's all of the parallax and stuff. Uh, it, it, it people look at it and think it's just being faked with 2D yeah. stuff, but it's actually like building a 3D diorama yeah. and and the, there's a real camera moving around in it. And so yeah, Lovers in a Dangerous Space Time does has a similar thing where it's all actually in 3D as well. Yeah, yeah. So. I've only seen that from a distance, so I haven't ever looked at it yeah. up close. But yeah, yeah. They, uh, they I remember the showing images because that was before Unity 2D was really an actual yeah. thing, so they had to do it that way. Yeah, and even Unity 2D is just a camera at a fixed angle to all the sprites and stuff. So it's a, it, like Unity really wants you to make 3D games in it. Yeah, so that was. That's well, it, it seems awesome. I'm excited to play.